Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning. Welcome to Real Presence Live. My name is Lynn Devitt, and I'm here with Roxanne Solonen. And we are so excited. This is our first co-hosting gig you know, another thing I realized, Lynn, we met in person for the first time about a year ago. It was the Women's Care Center yes. bingo fundraising event, yes. and we were at the same table. Yes. And I think maybe we were familiar with each other's names, but yep. that was, that was so it was about a year that we met in person. Yes, so. it was. I was loud at the table. <laughs> <laughs> and our table was a dud. Like, I don't think we, did we win anything? Did you win something? I, well, I didn't. Okay. But... I think I, I shared with you there. I I never win anything, so it didn't. It wasn't any anything of a typical. surprise. It yeah, was, it was pretty typical. <laughs> so maybe maybe don't maybe people don't want to sit with me. Maybe I bring bad luck. But that was a fun night, and you know what? Super I signed up again, so we'll see. I'm going to give it another try. Yeah. See if there, I have better luck this year, but anyway, yeah, it's a good cause. It, yes, it's a great cause, and yes, I'm, my my son will be playing a football game, so I won't be there this year. So, okay, okay, so I'll just have to. If I win anything, I'll share it with you. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> It'll be like something super fans like a, like a trip or something, yeah. and you and me going <laughs> we on go. a trip together. Um, well, I'm, we're so excited to be here. Um, we're gonna um, we have Marcy Stockman on the phone, and so we're gonna um, interview her. Um, but we're gonna start with a prayer. Um, if you had listened to Real Presence Radio, you know that our live drive starts next week. Um, and so what we're doing this week or starting today is with the Novena to the Infant of Prague. And so we will be praying that this morning. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Divine Infant Jesus, I want to give you my hands today. I want to serve you with all my heart and make you known and loved. Doing your will is the source of my inner peace and joy. Divine Infant, I give you my hands to touch those I meet with your love and peace. I ask you to heal those in pain, to encourage the hopeless, to console the sorrowing, and to provide for those in want. I ask you to reach out to the lonely, and I especially plead for the many suffering from great poverty and injustice. Miraculous Infant, I believe that you love me and know all of my needs. I place them in your hands, especially my present concern for the success of the Real Presence Radio Fall Live Drive. I trust in your love and care, and I want to honor and praise you now and forever. Amen. In the Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Beautiful. So, so excited to have Marcy Stockman on Real Presence Live with Roxanne and me. Um, Marcy, um, I have been a well-read mom for... Um, Gosh, I think it's seven or eight years. Every year we're like, how long have we been doing this together? And what a blessing you have been to um, a group of, of friends that, that has really grown into true friendship over the last few years. But I, I want to start by, you know, you kind of telling us a little bit about yourself and, and Well-Read Mom. Well, thank you, Roxanne and Lynn, for having me. And I, I was talk, talking to you earlier, I love Fargo. I, I think it is a wonderful 
uh, mid-sized city that has so much to offer, especially faith. It's, it's so much going on there. And when I spoke there, I, I just felt right at home. So go Fargo. Yeah. But, but anyway, uh, what was your question? Sorry. Oh no, I just <laughs> How did well going. Uh, well, no, no. That that's a couple of things. I would say you live in Minnesota, so when you say you're at home in Fargo, you could even come in the winter and feel right at home, welcome here. Right. At home. Right. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you, you know how to handle that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but if you could tell us a little bit about yourself and well-read mom. Okay, well, I'm, I'm a mother of seven and a grandmother of now 17. Uh, so about 12 years ago, my daughter Beth was a new mom. And she, she called me one day, and she was, she, I just sensed a, an angst, the loneliness in her voice. And she said, Mom, I've, I've been to this mother's group three times, and I'm, I'm not going back because... They're just talking about their kids and what kind of diaper to buy. And, and then she had this cry. And she said, Mom, isn't there a place after college or where women get together and talk about the real questions of life? And at that time here in northern Minnesota, I was giving some little talks to mothers of preschoolers on children's literature. And they asked me to come back and, and do another round. They said, talk on whatever you want. So I thought, well, these are women who care about literature for their children. I wonder what these women are reading. So I just titled the series of talks, Well-Read Moms. And I gave, I, I put together something about the importance of reading, why it matters. But each time I gave this talk, I drove home sad because I thought not one woman was reading quality literature, like for her own enjoyment. And I was struggling to do that in my life, too. I mean, it's easy to read maybe a self-help book or a, a spiritual book. And, of course, we, we read our Bibles and all these wonderful things. But there is a place in our lives for literature. And, and no one was reading quality literature. And so I, the day Beth called me, I understood her need for a meaningful place to get together with other women and grow in friendship and not be so lonely in motherhood. And my need to read really good, great, and worthy books and discuss them with other women, these two desires merged. And in the fall of 2012, Beth got some women together in her little apartment in St. Paul, Minnesota, and I did the same in my house in Cosby. And, um, you know, we, we just wanted to invite our friends, and we said, let's, let's, Let's read great and worthy books together. And we put together a five-year reading list and said, Beth, let's really do this. You know, I'll, I'll record a little audio. I, I can do that kind of thing. And just play it at your meeting. I'll play it at mine. And, and then we'll write up some questions. And let's make it easy for women to do this, you know. And, and so that's how it started. And that was 12 years ago. So it started in, in our, our living room and in Beth's apartment and... Now there's over, gosh, 800 states across the United States, and thousands of women as members. Some follow on their own, and, and, and it's kind of crazy, but praise God. Yeah. 
Well, and, um, and if I did my math correctly, that's been 11 years now, right? <laughs> right, we're starting the 12th year. Okay, great. Sure. Yeah, and, you know, I, I have a lit degree, um, and so I just, I love it because I, you know, after, after grad school, after college, after grad school, just, just like she said, you know, all of a sudden you start reading, and if you start reading, it's not great stuff, <laughs> And I remember I picked up a book, um, it, it's been a few years ago now, and I thought, oh my gosh, I loved this book in grad school. It was just, um, it was Sophie's Choice, actually, and I picked it up, and I started to read it again, and I thought, oh my gosh, I am not smart enough for this book anymore. <laughs> my brain hadn't been challenged in the same way. I was not reading great literature anymore, and I thought, man, I can barely get through the first couple chapters and um, and I don't feel that way anymore, Marcy. I don't feel that way anymore. Oh, I'm so glad. So you you become a better reader. Oh yeah. Well, and I and I felt like I was a pretty good reader before, but it's a it's a um, just like anything else. You know, it's a muscle that you have to keep on top of. <laughs> If, if you start reading bad stuff, if you're just, if all you're reading is maybe your Twitter feed or your Facebook post, um, this, that's not good enough. It, it's not good enough to keep that, that muscle primed for, for what, what it should be doing. So, yeah, it's, um, it, it was great. And I guess part of my question, because, you, you know, you talked about um, this specific need for women to get together to talk about something other than maybe their kids, although these things sneak in, right? Um, because you're still a mom, you're still a grandma. But what, what is maybe some of the fruit that you've found, even as you were creating this, this um, what I would call an apostolate to some extent, right? Right. It, it really is. Um, so, well, I found that, that women need to get together face-to-face. You know, we, we don't want we do have online groups, but it, we, we really encourage women to get together locally. Meet, your, meet, meet the women in your parish. Invite someone who who might be lonely, you know. And there's a real need to have face-to-face communication. It's, it's um, missing in our culture, and it's one of those things that, that can help us grow together and grow on our faith. And and I was I was thinking when you were talking Roxanne about uh, how reading is like a muscle and it I think today there's there's two kinds of reading and it's important to distinguish these two these two types because we read digitally all the time you know on our phones and and online we're reading and and that's the kind of reading instead of scanning and skimming and we're reading for information so you're you're in a bit of a hurry to find what's pertinent to you because there's an overload or we're oversaturated with information. So when you sit down to read a novel and you're reading from print and you're sitting down with a real book, uh, you have to put your, get yourself in another mode, you know, a slow-down mode, because you're not going to read that way for information and you're not going to be in a hurry to you know, find keywords. You're going to receive, and so it's a it's a time to actually experience leisure, to experience uh, a, a restore a restoration, and and 
if we're out of practice with that, we can think, oh, I, I can't focus, I can't concentrate, what's wrong with me? I'm not smart enough. We are smart enough. We've all been impacted by technology. And, and I think for me it was helpful to say, wow, this is different. This is a different kind of reading. And I have to slow down. I have to sometimes start a book over. Um, I write down. I write in the margins. I, I really pay attention and surrender to the book and then kind of lose myself in the book. And that becomes what's known as deep reading. You lose yourself in the story. And uh, so I think distinguishing that and trying to get back our ability to read at this level is, is something that will impact our culture. We, we can't afford to lose that skill. Yeah. Absolutely. And so for those who are just joining, my name is Lynn Devitt. I'm here with Roxanne Sullinan, and we have Marcy Stockman, who's the founder of Well-Read Mom, who's talking to us about um, how Well-Read Mom started and how it is a movement that has grown to 800 groups across the United States. And it started in small town, Minnesota. Um, And what a beautiful story. Um, and I just want to share too, Roxanne, you know, my group in particular, what I started as a little blurb in our parish bulletin, if you wanted to be in a, a book group, a book club. And I joined on my own and um, I didn't know any of the other people there. <laughs> and now many of those people have been together for, I think, like I said, seven or eight years, we forget. Um, and, and it's grown a little bit, but the core is still there. And what I love about it is the youngest person will be turning um, 40 this year. And hopefully she doesn't mind I say that. I won't say her name. Um, <laughs> there are a couple of us who are in our 40s, um, then 50s. And it goes all the way up to my mom, who is in her 70s. And so there's this multi-generational aspect of the group that we we cherish so much the different stages we are all in as it relates to our kids. I mean, we're all moms, but we're all in these different stages, and yet we can come together for literature. That's a great example, Lynn. And, and I want to add there, you don't have to be a mom. Now, all women ontologically are mothers, you know, and, and it's part of who we are. It's part of our our makeup as women. So um, you don't have to be a mom. We have lots of women who are single or married and don't have children. We have our oldest member that I know of is 87. Um, and then there's women, uh, a couple uh, young women in college even, who yeah. are, are having a forming group. Yeah. So it's for all women. Okay, so we will be going to a break soon. I'll tell you, Marcy, my daughter keeps trying to join. <laughs> too, and she's in her 20s. But um, we will be coming back after a short break with Marcy Stockman. And um, please stay with us. Thank you. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. 
Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. At the University of Mary, we offer an education for the whole of life. Our values-based, flexible, and affordable education will prepare you for success and help you become a leader in your field. Whether you want to start your degree for the first time or continue your education, whether you are a working professional or want to pursue school full-time, join us for an education that will help you make a positive impact in our community. Discover the Mary difference. UMary.edu. That's UMary.edu. As Catholic people, we recognize our lives are gifts from God. Blessings received are a result of God's grace and goodness. Our Lord entrusts us to be good stewards of His many gifts. We are called to conduct lives that honor Him and bear witness to our faith in Jesus Christ. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio. As we begin a new year, let's reflect a moment on stewardship. Your life should provide an example to others in the way you live your faith, the way you manage your possessions, and the way you plan your estate and personal affairs. You have spent a lifetime acquiring your assets and living your faith. Fortunately, we can provide you with an estate planning guide that allows you to put all of your important information in one place and enable you to document your intentions. To request an estate planning guide, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Roxanne Solonen. Happy to be hosting this morning with Lane Devitt. That's right. And we have Marcy Stockman on the line. She is from northern Minnesota, and but a lot of people here, a lot, of, a lot of Catholics and otherwise are familiar with Marcy. I just want to tell you a little bit about my story about Well Red Mom. Um, I've interviewed Marcy. I've met Marcy. Um, very aware. I'm a reader. I'm a writer. Um, but I really have never really been in a book club before because I have so much reading that I have to do for my work and it just never really fit the bill. But this last summer, I was invited into a group and um, I ended up doing it as a Well Red Mom group. Unfortunately, I of the three books we read, two of them I wasn't able to be there for the actual meeting because I ended up getting called out of town for a funeral and another event. But um, but it was a really good experience. I wish I could continue. I'm going to pause again and just do it in the summer. And you know, Marcy, that's one of the things I, I like that it is flexible. Um, that it you know it, I know that maybe that's not <laughs> I mean, to to come and go, but I just I just have to give myself a little bit of pause because I know I probably couldn't keep up with it. But I, I like that um, you know hopefully in time I will be able to, and I like the openness that you have with it. But I, I really want to talk more about how women. I, I just heard in in Lynn's introduction and how she's been with with these women for seven years or so, and the friendship she said. And I just I keyed in on that word because I think we're so desperate for for relationship. We're, we're, we're such an isolated world right now, and, and we're, we're kind of fighting against each other, and we're forgetting who we are, and we're forgetting our commonalities, and I love what you were talking about, the different generations. I mean, how beautiful, because a lot of times mm-hmm. there'll be groups, and you're kind of the same age, but to bring people together like that, I mean, that, I, that seems like a God thing. Well, we, we do have 
the best group. So <laughs> well, there, there you go. You're if, the model yeah, group. Yeah, yeah. If there's a competition. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's good to know it's working. So, but Marcy, one of the things, you know, I, I, I know there's other groups and ways you can get together with women. Like you, you said, your daughter Beth was in one of those groups, but just it just wasn't feeding her soul. It wasn't feeding something in her. And, and there's something about reading quality literature that it, it's a different kind of relationship that forms. I, I, women are, there's a tendency, and I, I've read Edith Stein and, and, and her philosophical uh, thoughts about um, women, and, and, and some of our tendencies are, for example, to get together and gossip. Right, but that's not really edifying. That is not bringing us closer to God. And so, how is this sort of study and and the relationships formed different and more edifying? Would you say, like, talk about that depth that is there and why why we need it, why it's so important? You've kind of touched on it a little bit as far as like talking about reading and how a lot of our reading has become very shallow. But but what about the relationship aspect of that? Right. I, I, I feel like we need to stay together to get to this level. We need each other. We, we need to hear uh, one another's perspective. And when we read a great and or worthy book, we're already being impacted by you know, uh, the, the mind of the author. And, and these books that we're choosing are rooted in goodness, truth, and beauty. And when you're going deeper into goodness, truth, and beauty, you're, you're going to experience a different kind of communion among you. Um, your imagination will be formed and educated toward what's true, right? So, so we have a different kind of launching point. Uh, sometimes I talk to women, you know, after, after math well, all, all the time, and it's a lot of chit-chat. Um, we talk about how busy we are. We talk about um, some, you know, are you going to this meeting, whatever, this kind of thing. But when we get together for Wild and Mom, there really is an intentionality. And so, like, coming prepared, reading these books, which also, you know, you know, pick the ones that work for you. If you don't get it read, don't apologize. That's our one rule. So we try and raise the bar without crushing anybody. But, but when you come and you have read the book, you are going to grow in friendship. And um, friendship also, in turn, is going to grow because because of your discussion. So you're you're going to grow in your perspective of how you see the world, of how you see other people, and um, it, it really is amazing. Like literature forms, and I think we've forgotten that because so much research money now is going to STEM and 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 other other parts of the humanities have been forgotten and. It's normal for the humanities to help form our imagination, and what we're going to do is forming our imagination in a moral way. And if we don't read what's good, true, and beautiful in its essence, we're going to move in, in the diabolical direction. And I'm struck because C.F. Lewis, when he was uh, first introduced to film or cinema, he understood that cinema is death to the imagination. Because those images are already given. Mm. And when you read a book, you have to do the work of using your imaginative muscle. And so how does this how does this go with friendship? Well, you're doing that work ahead of time. And so you see your life in a new way. And then someone shares. I remember we were we were um, 
discussing the tenet of Wild Fell Hall. And one of the women in my group just began to weep. And she said, and she said, I want to fight for marriage like this. Mm. I want to fight for marriage this way in our... And she said, I just have two friends who are getting a divorce. And why as a culture aren't we fighting for our marriages, you know? And and she wept. And so we, we were... It's not a marriage counseling group, right? But my marriage has been helped because of my friendship uh, in this group. And, and my parenting has been helped. I, I remember meeting a woman from Indiana, and she's been a lowered mom one year. And I said, oh, well, what have you noticed? Have you noticed any changes in your life? And she said, well, I would have to say my relationship with my 14-year-old daughter's improved. And I said, wow, which book helped you in your relationship with your daughter? And she said, it wasn't any particular book. It's reading these kinds of books and, and discussing with the women. I think it's just widening my perspective. Like, I, I can see where she's coming from in a new way. And literature is proven to increase our empathy. We walk in another person's shoes, so to speak. And when you do that, um, and then you get together and discuss it, yeah. uh, it, it really is a rich... Um, it, it really is a rich uh, environment to cultivate a new perspective, empathy, uh, a larger capacity to love. Marcy, I um, when I was in grad school, my um, my colleagues would joke that I just loved dark, depressing books, like like stuff that's really going to hit you. <laughs> and But I was also such a joyful person, and I feel like I am still pretty joyful. And, and people sometimes struggled with the contrast, like, how do you read this, this really tough stuff? Um, and, um, and, and I, I want to share one of my favorite books um, was The Death of Ivan Ilyich. And at that time, I, I worked in an office for, in the corporate world for 24 years. And the image of um, his co-workers walking into his funeral, checking their watches for their, um, their mm-hmm. golf, you know, later. Mm-hmm. That just really hit me in a way that was so, you know, like, where am I spending my time? Like, who am I giving my best to? Um, mm-hmm. And it just, it had such an impact to me. And, and, and I, I suspect by how your books are selected, and for those who are not familiar with Well-Read Mom, well-read mom chooses a theme each year, um, and then they help you, and, and then they, they curate the book list for you based on the theme. Sometimes the theme is very surprising um, with, the, with the books that are chosen, which I love, Marcy, because um, a handful of times I'd already read the book, and I thought, man, I didn't read... Um, I didn't read this book with a theme of Year of the Sister. You know? So it was, it was such a different and beautiful approach to the book. But just in general, what are your thoughts on, because I've, I've also heard feedback from people who say, you know, that some of the literature is pretty dark, <laughs> pretty dark. So what, what are your thoughts on how this kind of literature in, in particular can, and I, I heard you say empathy, but, um, but, you know, why am I joyful and I love dark literature. Explain that to me. <laughs> right. Well, I, 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 can, I can give you a story. I, I started Crime and Punishment, and I thought, wow, for se- almost 700 pages, you are in the mind of Raskolnikov. Yep. 
and a murderer, right? And he's trying to justify his this murder, and he's he's getting away with not not getting caught. And so you're in the mind of this literally axe murderer, <laughs> and it's kind of bizarre. And I I have that thought: Why am I spending my time, my precious free time, in reading this book that's putting me in the mind of this murderer? And I had that question as I read, and Dostoevsky is you know, one of the greatest novelists in the world, a great Russian author. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I finished the book. There's finally some redemption in the last, last part of the book. I finished it. Is it my favorite book? No. I shut the book, and I sat there and thought about it. And that book continued to stay with me and stay with me. And I kept understanding more deeply that Kolnikov was trying to step over God's law. Mm-hmm. And crime in Russian, uh, I think the name is Preslapleen or something, I'm sure I'm getting it wrong, but it means to step over. And he thought he was above God's law, that he could step over it. And then you see the torment psychologically that he endures, stepping mm-hmm. over God's law. And I shut the book and I thought... I thought about a situation with a sister in my parish, and we had had a, a, a conflict during COVID, and, and we'd had a fallout between us. And I, I thought, you know, I'm trying to step over. I've been to confession, I've been, I prayed for her, all of this, but I was stepping over going and talking with her to restore that relationship. And I just prayed in front of my book, just sitting there, Lord. I don't want to step over your ways. Like, I don't know how to meet with this woman. I don't know how to set this up. How can we be alone? It happened, you know, months ago. But it's not going away in my heart, and I need to go talk to her. And I, if you set it up, Lord, I will um, talk with her. Yeah. I kind of ask the Lord for that bargain, you know, if he set it up. Well, the next morning I stopped in the gallery. Uh-oh. Marcy, I'm so sorry. We need you back because this is great stuff. But we have to go to heartbreak. Thank you, Marcy Stockman. This is Lynn Devitt, Roxanne Solonen. And we will be bringing Marcy back at a different time. But we have to go to heartbreak now. now. And thank you again, Marcy. God bless. Oh, you bet. Sorry, I probably rambled on. Anyway, I'm so, <laughs> we all did. Uh, <laughs> and thank you, Roxanne the dark foot. <laughs> God bless you. you, Marcy. We'll be back. Right. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.